Welcome to another episode of the Locker Lab podcast. I am Art Levy, General Partner at Locker One Ventures. And I'm Brian Dewey, co-founder and CEO of Colony. Today is uh, an exciting day. We are, we're actually not talking about lockers, but we are talking about asynchronous delivery, um, which is really what lockers uh, solve. And this is kind of one of the oldest asynchronous delivery problems out there, garbage collection. And uh, I'm super excited that uh, Liz Picarazzi from City Bin is joining us today. I've been following their story for a long time, and Liz reached out to me. She's a, a fellow EO member out of uh, the New York City chapter, and so we connected and uh, hit it off, obviously, in a very similar industry, and I thought she'd be a wonderful guest uh, for the show today with all the exciting stuff that's come, that's that she's working on, and, and in fact, uh, kind of hit my news feed today, too, which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit. So welcome to the show, Liz. We're excited to have you here. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for the welcome. Yeah, wonderful. So I'd love to uh, start off by just uh, introducing uh, us to Citibin. What is it? What's the problem you guys are solving? Tell us a little bit. Give us your, your background. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Citibin makes outdoor enclosures for trash, recycling, packages, mail, shed, stroller storage. Um, so we make outdoor enclosures generally. Um, it started about 12 years ago with the trash enclosure. Um, I used to have a handyman business, and one of the most common custom carpentry requests was for trash enclosures. So within that business, I kept seeing more and more requests, and obviously I started marketing it as well. Um, in New York City, unlike most uh, cities in the world, um, we don't have garages, driveways, or alleys. There's literally nowhere to put your trash. Um, so you can be living in like a $20 million Central Park West landmarked building and you're still going to have your trash in front of your house. Um, so for me way back then um, I saw a big need. I saw it in New York City in particular. I am very anthropological about product development. I spent a couple of years just walking around New York City taking pictures of trash enclosures and basically seeing well, what's good with them, what's bad with them. Um, and really came up with the idea for what we now have, which is a totally modular trash enclosure system. Um, we are standardized to the 44-gallon and the 96-gallon trash cans. So we have multiple sizes. We have multiple modules. Um, we also, as I mentioned, because we do enclosures, we also are in the package locker business, but I don't see myself as a competitor as, at all because we have sort of a different customer type. I'm very focused on residential for my package lockers, single family homes. Um, and so for the first, I would say 10 years of the business, we were totally focused on residential. And in the last two years, since New York City has come down with some much tougher trash um, and sanitation rules, our business has exploded um, because Mayor Adams um, decided to uh, deploy trash enclosures all over New York City focused on business improvement districts. So in most cities, they have business improvement districts. They definitely have them in Sacramento and Chicago because you guys are targets of me, <laughs> mine for marketing. Um, but in business improvement districts in New York City, it's very common to have trash piles all over the place. You know, the main street of most neighborhoods where you're trying to get customers, their trash bags all over. So for us, it was a really just a, a huge springboard. There was a lot of press about it. 
Um, and it's just been an interesting experiment now with over a year of bins installed all over New York City. We've learned a lot. We've actually learned a lot about locks, which we could potentially talk about. Um, but that's really my origin story. Um, on the residential side, I should say my target customer are single and multifamily homes property and property managers. So property managed buildings, multifamily in New York, it's pretty much very common and they all have them. And so these supers, they come out to tend to the trash and there are rats in the trash. And the people who live in the building, even if they're really wonderful people, and I consider myself like this, if you need to take out the trash and you know there will be a rat in your trash can, you're not going to put your bag in that trash can. You're going to kind of hurl it or you're going to take it somewhere else. I mean, I, I'm not saying I do that because I do have a single family home, but if you're in a multifamily situation, both the tenants of that building and the super that needs to deal with it are in a world of hurt. Um, so for the trash enclosures, my demand, no matter who my customer is, particularly in New York City, is very strong. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so uh, you talked a little bit about the modularity and the different applications. Um, maybe you talked a little bit about, um, uh, you know, how you're doing packages and, and maybe doing all these different things in, with one customer base. And um, it sounds like you're solving a variety of different pain points, probably with yep. a very similar type of product. Maybe talk about how that evolution started and, and how you've yep. kind of seen how all those things tie together. Yep. So city bin trash enclosures were in the market for maybe a year, year and a half. Um, and I started getting requests from people to make their city bin into a package locker or from people that didn't want a trash enclosure, they just wanted a package locker and they saw the trash enclosure as a way to do a package locker. So we really, you know, this was an obvious um, enhancement for us to make. You know, we already had prefab kits um, ready to assemble. That's how we are now, that's how we are back then. And so we really needed to just take a couple, make a couple of changes to the hardware. Um, to make a trash enclosure into a package locker. Um, and from there, then we had some customers that wanted a mailbox and a storage box to, box to put their trash bags and their tools and their strollers. And once you know, there's all of these requests that come our way. Um, sheds are something that I really wanted to get into the market with and it just it completely flopped like I dedicated a bunch of resources including my time to try to to work in the backyard like I've been in the front yard with the package lockers and the trash enclosures but I felt like oh I can make that transition to the backyard with pool boxes deck boxes fail um, so I'm gonna stay in the front and um, but yeah, the evolution did, did come from customer needs. I did not plan to make a mailbox or a storage box. And now it's a common thing that our customers for trash enclosures plug into their unit. Um, so, I mean, in New York City, there's a lot more relevancy for our modularity by putting our package locker and our trash and our mail together because of the lack of space, of outdoor space. Like, we need to completely maximize every bit of space on their front area. Um, so it wouldn't make sense for them to have a trash enclosure over here and a package locker over here and then the mailbox hanging, you know, near their stoop. 
So pulling that all together, and then we also add um, a module for planters. So um, some of my favorite projects are for trash, recycling, package, mail, planters, and tool storage. All can be done. Like that's the one that I have. It can all be done at the same time. Um, so that's really definitely how it came about. And, um, you know, I should say that our package lockers, we do have one standalone that's like a, one of more of a drop, drop box. Um, the package locker that we started with, which is called the parcel bin, um, is padlockable. Um, so that is the one that fits in with our trash enclosures, but the standalone, it's called the parcel drop, that is used more as a standalone, and that's why we created it. So Liz, I, I think the the rat issue in, in New York City and the garbage is, is fascinating. I mean, it's one of the only cities I've been to around the world where you just see piles of garbage. I was there uh, a few months ago and walking down the street, and literally there's mice and rats everywhere. Uh, I read an article this morning, um, which is actually like rat complaints in, in uh, New York City are down 20%. Seems like the governor or the mayor has made this a really serious issue. In fact, I think they hired a rat czar. Um, yeah. How are you guys? In, uh, you know, I, I love these stories of working with government and when especially entrepreneurs uh, try to try to work with government and change things and come up with interesting solutions. Talk to me about uh, you know, New York City, working with the government, these bins are obviously going on maybe even right of way, like sidewalk type stuff. Yep. What, what's that process been like and how are you seeing, um, you know, New York City change? Is there a chance that we're not going to see garbage cans on the side of the road in New York City <laughs> at some point in time here? Those, the, there's so much trash in the city and everyone's living on top of each other. Um, it's not all going to be containerized. Unfortunately, it can't be containerized underground either because of all the utilities. So that's not really an option. Um, in working with the city, I mean, I'm working primarily with the Department of Sanitation, which is about the trash, obviously, and the collection servicing, and the Department of Transportation, which is about what do you put on the sidewalk and in the street. Um, and one way that I've been thinking about the city and how they handle it is they're having a battle between rats and parking because New Yorkers do not want to give up their parking spots but in order to have containerization they're going to need to do that and in order to get rid of the rats you need containerization so when we work with the city and the community there's going to be a large group of people that are going to be anti-containerization because it's going to take away their parking spots. And then there's going to be a lot of people that are pro, particularly those that don't have cars, because they want this public health issue taken care of. And they don't want people who have cars to be the cause or to be contributing to the sanitation and the rat issue in the city. So um, it is interesting to see who the constituents are. Um, you may be reading about the new restaurant law or rule, I should say, that is going into effect tomorrow. This is going to be transformative for New York City restaurants. They are going to be required to put their trash in containers. Oh, wow. um, no more bags on the sidewalk as of tomorrow. Um, they will have like a, a month grace period. 
Um, but what that means is now restaurants need to figure out where they're going to put their trash. Um, they can put them in just like regular toter bins, cans, on the sidewalk after 8 o'clock. But the volume of trash is so huge, they usually keep it in the basement of a restaurant, which you may or may not know. Then they bring it out and they put the big pile. So now they have these cans that they need, that are big that they need to put somewhere and they have nowhere to put them. Um, so there's this clean curbs initiative with the city, which I've been a part of, and I know how to take them through the process to essentially take over a parking spot, um, which it, as we go through it, like we're in the middle of one application right now, it is going to be really interesting because it gets the community involved, it gets the restaurant involved, it gets the diners in, involved. The diners are not going to want to sit next to the trash, so where do you place the trash enclosure? So um, there's definitely a lot of change, and what I can say is that I do think that the that Mayor Adams is really serious about this issue. I think he understands that it's a, a tourism issue as well. You know, Arik, if, if you, one of your memories from being in New York City recently are, are the trash piles, that is not good, you know, for the city. Um, the sanitation commissioner is a total, total badass. Um, her name is Jessica Tisch, and she has come out with so many initiatives in a little more than a year in office. Very controversial. I mean, I could go through all of them, but I'll just say on the one on restaurants, it's very controversial. It's going to be very hard for them to flip on the switch without giving a whole lot of notice. Um, all of these things are very good for my business. I won't deny it. Um, you know, to be the major player in town that has already worked with the city for over a year on exactly these initiatives it's it's a privilege it's like holy holy cow holy shit like i never would have imagined two years ago that new york city choosing my bins to be in times square and to have the mayor do a press conference and gesture to my bins would cause my business to grow like this like crazy and then subsequent laws like this restaurant one which is probably going to be you know really big for us too um, but so that's a long-winded answer to how it is working with government. It's very different. I really got thrown into the deep end. And it reminds me that I'm an entrepreneur because my pace of doing things is so much faster than the government. And as entrepreneurs, we like traction. We hate friction. We will get away around friction like in our private worlds, as private business as much as we can. You can't cut corners when it comes to government. And so everything feels like traction and you just have to adjust your expectations and how long things will take. Something that I'm curious about, um, it's not necessarily, I mean, it's obviously impacts your, your business, but more or less just out of curiosity. I know it sounds like you're really ingrained into this problem. Um, the last month or so we, we saw the city, uh, or New York City come out with a pilot project for smart lockers with Go Locker as well. Yeah. Um, and there's obviously, I, I remember reading a stat at one point of how much the parcel, uh, the package delivery companies were paying in fees in New York City for double parking um, when they were delivering packages. I mean, it was, 
I, I could be wrong. I want to say like 90 million uh, for just FedEx alone or something like that. Like it was absurd. Um, it sounds like that, and I'm sure that the Uber Eats drivers and the Grubhub driver drivers are doing the exact same thing with double parking. It sounds like that the city needs to start pulling back and, and collecting some of these parking, these curbside spots for, for services. Is that where you kind of see this going? I very much do, and um, I saw that pilot launch, and I actually sent it right away to Eric. Um, I think I may have a Google alert set up for something with package lockers. Um, I mean, I think it makes sense. There's such congestion of traffic in the city, and people, you know, obviously the environmental impact of all mm. of these delivery trucks, um, double parking and blocking, and all of the exhaust. Um, I think. You know, and this probably wouldn't be a good thing for my business, but I think they should centrally locate all sorts of stuff, packages, trash, recycling, compost, because even the effort to drive the truck around to pick up the recycling and to pick up the compost, is that really necessary? You know, like mm -hmm. if people are going to order online something like I have a 17 year old who orders makeup all the time. She orders a tube of lipstick from Amazon or whichever vendor. And then that truck, UPS truck, will come in front of our house and put that tube of lipstick into our parcel bin. And that is, people can't do that. Like, yeah. it's ludicrous. So central, central location, um, I think, is, is one way to go. And I'll be very curious to see how that pilot goes. Um, yeah, some cool things happening in New York. There's also a company um, like Oni or Own uh, mm -hmm. O and yep. Bike Bike Security. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I just I had the, I just had breakfast with the with the co-founder of that this morning. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, essentially, you know, there's been a lot of conversations regarding like micro hubs and things like that to what you're kind of talking about and. And you kind of see what he's doing, what uh, Go Locker is now going to be doing, and, and the problems that you brought up. And yeah, it's you know centrally locating these things into you know local neighborhood hubs would would maybe make a lot of sense. Yeah, I was just in uh, Barcelona, and in Barcelona oh, yeah. they do exactly that with the garbage. Uh, it's really cool. They have these big, almost half dumpster size, and they're three different things like uh, garbage, recyclables, compost. And you, as a resident, bring your stuff, you know, to the middle of the street, which is not that big of a deal. But boy, oh boy, does that save money when it comes to logistics yep. and operations, right? I mean, a simple thing like that. And it was clean and, uh, you know, the city was clean. It was, it was pretty cool how they were doing that. Uh, I was also talking with a company the other day who was telling me about all this exciting traction um, they were getting with, with property managers in New York City around parcel delivery. And... You know, from my experience in the parcel delivery space, even sounds like in the trash space, you know, New York City, they say if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. But you can make it everywhere and not have to touch New York City. And that's really the approach we've taken at Luxor One because <laughs> of the dynamics in New York when it comes to delivery, when it comes to concierge buildings, uh, property owners, everything in New York is so much different than anywhere else. You know, I would think the 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 opportunity is almost big enough for you in New York City, but you're expanding beyond trash into all these other services and you're trying to expand beyond New York City. Talk to us a little bit about 
your strategy there and how you see these bins uh, evolving sort of beyond New York City, which does have a very sort of microclimate when it comes to uh, trash delivery. Yep. So we've been national for about five years now. So we went prefab um, about five years ago and our business, we've got a somewhat strong in um, California. We've got a good amount in Chicago on the Northeast. You know, we're definitely strong Boston, Philly, um, and that's on the residential side. So on the residential side, I ha I, I've actually recently decided I'm not going to push too hard on the residential product because people in the rest of the country have garages, driveways, and alleys. That's an uphill battle for me to sell my product because the pain is not as bad. It's painful if you've paid $10 million for a townhouse and you have trash in front. Like that's such an easy sell for me to make. But if you live in a $10 million property and you have an alley, you're going to put your trash there, most likely, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. for me on the residential side, I'm not pushing, even though we have a lot of sales nationally in the last like couple of months, they've been really strong. But my nationwide expansion is going to be more through municipal because of the um, attention that we've gotten and the interest that we have for our municipal bins. So since the New York um, big, you know, that was, that was big. That was a big splash for us. We're working now with multiple cities in New Jersey. We've installed um, pilots in Hoboken and in Newark, New Jersey. They're going to be expanding on those pilots. So kind of starting small, growing. We did a big push to business improvement districts nationwide a couple of weeks ago and we have tons of tons of interest and um, some of the stuff that we can do we can even do on Google Earth because we can look at the spaces that they have proposed and to see what could potentially fit there so um, and then in terms of other public you know like national parks um, we are going to be testing our bear proof enclosure in September in Montana We've actually, we fabricated it almost three years ago, pre-pandemic, um, and then it just kept getting canceled, and now we're going to actually do it. So that's going to open up a whole market to us um, for, uh, you know, people that have bear issues. Um, and even without having the certification, we've sold a lot of bear-proof enclosures because we got some big press in Aspen, Colorado, a couple of years ago on that one article. We've sold like probably 10, 12 customers based on that. Once we do the bear test, and I'm assuming we're going to get our certification, um, that's going to be really exciting because then we can market to national parks and um, you know, to resorts as well. I mean, resorts, residential, probably multifamily, HOAs. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity there. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is that I'm going to expand my market nationwide through like bids, downtown areas, and through bears. <laughs> Excellent. You, uh, you brought up the lots at the beginning of the conversation. Uh, I'm interested to know a little bit more about the different locking uh, devices you have. Is there a smart component or any technology uh, attached to it, or is it a just a standard, like really robust padlock? Or um, you know, what are the options you have? Yep. So we currently have a very robust padlock um, for, and that's for municipal. So for residential, very few people lock their trash. 
which is, I think, why I told Arik once before, I never, ever thought of myself as being in the lock business. But then when you work with the cities, they have to lock the bins because they're homeless people, they're drug addicts, people could set fire to them, all sorts of things. So in the last year and change, we've probably worked with six different padlocks. And we have now found one that we really like. It's very easy to use. You know, even something like are the digits to lock underneath, like a master lock, or are they in front? We use a, it's called an ABUS lock, A-B-U-S. It's, I think, a German company, a lock company. But we had our users use multiple locks to see which is the easiest to use, which is the fastest. And that's what we found. We did have like a keyed T-latch lock with a three-point latch on the inside. That's what really like pulls the door shut. It's been really difficult, I have to admit, to to find a really good lock and um definitely that's been really difficult for us and I think we're in a much better place certain customers are probably going to want something more sophisticated and like I I want to be ready for that but I have to be honest like I haven't endeavored to try to get that part right because I'm in there right now just trying to get the bins right and they're doing really well we're getting multiple rollouts including in Times Square so you say if you make it there you can make it anywhere we originally did nine bins in, in Times Square, and now we have like 60. So all over Times Square, the, the bags that otherwise would be on the curb are now in the bins. Um, so as, as you can tell, I don't know a ton about locks, um, yeah. but I also have some connections, as Eric knows, with a couple of companies that are going to be hopefully helping us with that. But it hasn't been like an urgent demand. Like even we're doing a, a composting pilot in, in um, Boston and they just wanted a simple lock. They wanted something really yeah. simple. They didn't want anything complicated. But that's the sort of thing I could see going and being really important. You know, if they need scales on the inside, they need digital access, app access, like I think that there's opportunity for that, but I'm not, I don't think I'm ever going to be good at that. So I just need to find someone that could help me, but it would probably be at a time where we were being asked for it specifically. So we're starting Absolutely. to like lay, like getting there bit by bit, but um, it's not smart in short. <laughs> so Liz, along those lines, you talked about uh, these different services that you can offer parcel delivery, tool rental, garbage. I think you said at your house, you are doing all three of those in one. How now, now these, my understanding is it's more of a, I might have a garbage bin and I put my garbage in it. And then like on trash day, I take it and put it out there. Um, talk to me like, I mean, you know, cause we're, we're audio, not, not a ton of video here. Um, how does this work? Like physically, what's this thing look like and how does it work that you can manage all three of those, especially, you know, uh, having garbage right next to all my other stuff. How, how does that physically mm -hmm. work together? Separate bins? Yep. So the probably the most popular configuration is a module for trash, which is one can, a module for recycling, which is two cans. So for the plastic metal and then the paper, a module for packages, uh, one for uh, mail, and then I have another one that's just excess storage. They're all, they're modular, so they have like interchangeable pieces. 
um, you know, our mailbox was made to fit right on top of the package locker. Um, multiple people, one of the thing I like about our product is a lot of different actors interact with our product every day. So we actually did like a TikTok video that showed like my daughter taking out the trash and checking for a package and then take out, you know, the, the carrier coming along and me getting my tools out. Multiple, multiple purposes. Um, it is... I mean, I guess that's how it works is that everything is standardized. So, and we, we make, I would say in the sales process, process on a trash enclosure, we offer to do the package locker too. It's not always like a important thing in the sales process, but we always do offer it. And it's actually, people really like it. People would buy our, our package locker less as a standalone. Like I've never felt like we are strong enough in that area. But when it's a component in a larger outdoor system, people love that. Because all these things that would be in separate places in your front are all consolidated into one. Interesting. So um I'm really interested about the the flower box that you put on top. Um, what was kind of the um, the inspiration behind that? I, yeah, I see that in the picture behind you. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can actually see it on the on the bots behind her. Um, what was kind of the inspiration? What um, what are people growing uh, in them if they've been deployed? Are they uh, herbs? Are they flowers? Are they uh, you know what's uh, you know? Tell me a little bit more about them. Mm -hmm. So if it's a package locker, um, it can be herbs. We see that a bit. But if it's for a trash enclosure, people don't yeah. do the herbs. They'll do the flowers. <laughs> like that's how mine is. And um, I would say they're just, it's like an unexpected pop of, of, of color. Uh, some people actually have like nurseries seasonally come and change them. Like I have a neighbor up the street that has someone come four times a year and it's like a, a photo bonanza for me because it's right there and I get a photo of the different flowers four times a year and we put it in our Instagram. Um, but you know, we don't have a lot of green space in New York. So anywhere you can find it, you know, you will. And that's actually, those planters are built in. That's a component where we do the top of our package locker in, in that way where it has the built in. Um, but we also do custom planters that are like sidecars. So that's the only non-prefab thing we do right now is custom planters because like sometimes property managers like them when they get everything together and they can cap that off. I think it's going to be more popular with restaurants to kind of flank their trash enclosures with Times Square does that as well. There's a lot of neighborhoods that do the planters with um, the bins. And also I wanted to be different, right? <laughs> None is. of my competitors offer that. It's always been that yeah. way. And if anyone listens to it, they're gonna be like, duh, of course I should offer a package locker or I should offer plant planters with it. Um, it's to me, it's a totally obvious thing to have there, especially on the trash enclosure. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I think that the aesthetics of the city bin is really what is, you know, helped you guys succeed quite a bit is it's, and that's, you know, that's always been a challenge with lockers, right? They're kind of these like square, you know, simple 
uh, metal enclosures and how do you make them pretty so that people want to take them and put them in front of their uh, house or right. you know in the front of their apartment building versus hiding them down the down an alley so I, I, I commend you guys for I think you've done a great job and adding the flowers too is probably a, a big help um, one of the other challenges with with lockers and parcel delivery has always been getting the carriers to actually oh, uh, you know, yes. change the way they work and deliver to those the, the lockers I'm sure you're struggling with that on parcels but how about garbage Do you guys see the same challenge with garbage I mean did the garbage People know that they're supposed to open this door and pick it up out of there. Have you been able to work with them to train them? Like, and now you're talking about keys to make these secure enclosures. How's that process been for you as an entrepreneur working with garbage companies to make sure they pick up the stuff and you don't miss your garbage day because then you have another week of, of garbage right. going up, right? Well, so on the residential side in New York City, at least the trash collections does not come and take the trash out of your city bin. Um, all trash is, is put out to the curb. So that's not something where do they, do they, they never touch it. Like whether or not there's a city bin on the property isn't going to matter. Where it does come out is with um, like multifamily. So if it's like the, the super or the porter taking the trash out, they love city bin. We talked to one porter last week that has like 20 buildings he manages. About 10 of them have city bins. 10 of them do not. And from his perspective, as probably the main user of the bins, because he's the one that deals with the trash, he loves city bin. So, um, you know, that's something where user adoption has not been a problem. I'm trying to think, okay, well, so on the, on the city, this is something I can see. So if you're a sanitation worker for 30 years and all you've been doing is hurling bags from the sidewalk to the truck, from the sidewalk to the truck, to have to get a key out and open up a bin and just have things slow down, they don't love that. You know, but it's a, it's a behavior change that is going to need to be made, whether it's city bin or something else, because containerization is such a priority for the city. It's so necessary. Um, there's, you know, a really strong union for sanitation. So making a change, like literally putting a lock or putting a bin on anything, that's something the union needs to get involved in. And they do, um, because that is a change of behavior. So, um I haven't really felt the friction until this past year, but most of it has been something I can't really completely solve. Unless Asa Abloy comes along and develops the genius lock system that like, bam, takes care of all this, you know, it's going to be a piece of, it's going to be friction, you know, no matter what. And it is just like, just the longevity of people that work in those roles. That's like phys the physicality of using a key instead of just hurling bags. I would, I would not like that if I were a sanitation worker. It's so much easier the way it is. So um, that's going to be a change that, you know, sanitation and the mayor are going to have to like take care of, but it is my responsibility to make those doors and locks as user-friendly as possible. And I take that very seriously, and I'm definitely looking for people to help me with that. So if any of your listeners are interested in helping me with just, like, having a, definitely an easy user experience with the locks and doors, I think we're good, but we're not great, and I want to be great at it. 
I have an idea you probably have already thought about, and maybe it's different in New York, but my garbage truck comes by religiously at the same time every week. Can they just be on a timer that they just automatically unlock during a certain time of a certain day? Potentially. If they're consistent. Yeah. <laughs> if they're consistent. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I live in, I live in suburbia, so it's me pulling, um, pulling my bins to the curb. But I mean, even residential, I could see my neighborhood is very kind of picky on terms of how your yard and how your house is set up that they want mm -hmm. to make sure that your cans are hidden. So there's probably even some areas and in, in certain neighborhoods that your product can really kind of take off as well, because, uh, you know, HOAs and different places where yep. they want to be really, you know, really precise on, on how you store and uh, hide your garbage. Yep. Well, because sometimes the trash enclosure can be just as unsightly as the cans themselves. And that's part of the reason we've done really well, because mm -hmm. people need trash enclosures, but there's very few. Like, if you're not the type of person that wants a Rubbermaid trash enclosure from Home Depot, you don't have a lot of choices. Um, you know, you can go on Wayfair and Amazon and try to find some, but they are going to be pretty flimsy. Might not pay, pay, um, pass HOA standards. Um, mm -hmm. So that's definitely a market that I see there being potential with. Well, this has been a wonderful uh, talk with you today and getting to understand your business a little bit more. Um, if people want to find out more about CityBin or connect with you or someone's got a, a lock that's going to solve all of your problems, uh, what's the best way for them to reach out? And is there anything we can do to, to help you uh, continue yeah. your, your quest here? Yeah, so um, our Instagram, I'm so proud of all of our work can be shown on Instagram, CityBin. That's probably the best way so you can really see what we're talking about. You'll see some of the units we talked about here, such as the combo units. Um, you can also reach out just through um, my email, liz at citybin.com. And um, yeah, I, I would love for someone to bring me the lock of my dreams. <laughs> well, hopefully that comes true. There's a lot of people innovating in that space, so I'm sure somebody will come up with something. Yeah. Um, it was a pleasure meeting you, Liz. I have yet to meet you uh, until today, so it was a real pleasure uh, learning about your business and uh, something that, you know, is an area that I'm not overly familiar with, so it was, it was pretty cool listening to you to you talk about it and uh, and talk about all the problems with New York. It's, it's always, you know, New York is, uh, is obviously a market that everyone likes to follow, so... Um, yeah, very interesting conversation. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Brian.